0: This is The Fundamental Podcast. You're listening to stories, lessons, and experiences of student athletes from around the world.
1: And how athletic crafts have shaped our identities. Welcome to the show. what's going on everybody welcome back to the fundamental podcast where we talk about stories experiences to athletes. i'm your co-host Chang,
0: and i'm your co-host chloe thank you for joining us today
1: and once again we have a very special guest joining us also a very exciting topic to talk about today and we just want to thank all our guests all our audience you guys for all the support you've given us and yeah we're just hoping to jump into today's topic and introduce our guests so narelle do you want to introduce yourself to our audience members
2: Sure. Um, first of all, thank you for having me here. And I am Nere Lanto and I'm an international student athlete at IUPUI, which is soon gonna be Indiana University, Indianapolis, because they're changing the name. Um, I'm originally from Spain and I'm 20 years old and I moved into the United States um when I was 18 to start my college um career as a, a student athlete because I'm doing both um, athletics as part of the women's golf team. And then I'm also getting a degree in finance and international studies and a minor in economics at the Kaley School of Business there and also like a liberal arts minor.
0: That's wonderful. We're very, very fortunate to have you here. And um, we've had multiple international students come on this podcast in the past. But I think that it's going to be really awesome to hear someone that has transitioned um, their athletic and student life from Spain to the United States because you've never had a um, Spanish guest before. So thank you so much for being here today. So, yeah, we will just kind of jump into this experience in this podcast with um, really getting to know who you are as an athlete and just provide some context to the audience of just some athletic background why golf um and tell us a little bit about like how golf is kind of structured in spain and how um practicing goes there really curious
2: i started playing golf when i was around eight years old nine and i just basically started because my dad was playing golf and he was like, you want to come join me today? And I was like, sure, I'll go with you. And then I just like started practicing and going to classes and I made more friends. So that's how kind of I, I got into it. And then when I was 13, it's kind of like the age when I started to take everything more seriously because I got into my golf clubs, like competition team. Um, and that's when I started playing more like important tournaments, like Spanish championships, all over Spain. And then when I was around 16, it's when I was like starting to consider the possibility of going to the United States with like um, an athletic scholarship. Because I feel like in Spain, it's kind of hard once you get to like a college level to combine both um your academics and your athletic uh career. Because sports are not as big here as they are in the United States. Like we don't have school teams we don't have college teams it's more just like you just go there you study you get your degree and that's it so I I wanted yeah. to keep practicing and competing at a high level so that's why I, like consider going to the United States um and I usually for golf you start signing your um commitment like a year prior going to college so like around 17 so you have like to, you have to start two years prior to that so you get to prepare and you have to make like a video showing how you hit your ball and your swing and everything. You have to make like an athletic resume with all the tournaments you've played, what um, positions you ended up at kind of like to show your level. and then you also have to make like a like a stats with like your average and like all the tournaments and then I work with an agency. Because I feel like as an international student, it's harder to just like contact with the coaches directly because they might, they've never heard of you. So it's like, just like a random email on their like email box. So they might not open it. So I work with an agency that kind of like moved everything when, with like the first contact with the coaches. And then if they like what they saw, they would like email you back and then you exchange a few emails and then maybe some phone calls. And then if they thought that you will be a good fit for their program, that's when they will like make you an offer. And then based on the offers you have, you decide which one's the university that you like the most in the golf program and everything. And then I feel like golf in Spain compared to the US, I feel like here it's pretty big too, but I definitely think golf is like a bigger thing in the US. I feel like everyone there has at least played Some sort of golf, even if it's just like a golf round or just like hitting a few balls for fun. Whereas here, I feel like it's more hard to find people that actually know about golf, it's more like a minority compared to the US. Mm -hmm. Um, and then tournament wise, it's kind of different because here, since we don't really have like a school or college teams, you mostly play as an individual, but then in college, is you well, you play both as an individual and as a team because there's like two qual- classifications but I don't know I feel like it's different in that way because here I didn't really get to play as a team and it's like a very different experience and I actually like it it's like you know you're like a whole group with your teammates like you're all going for the same purpose so I like that feeling and here I didn't really get to experience it as much
0: that's great context and I really appreciate just the. Whole background that you gave with um feeling like you know you were kind of on your own with being brought up with the sport having to kind of navigate it on your own and then you know that's those are pretty significant decision to say you know okay like at 16 because that's you know it's not like it was a you know long-term dream it was more of something that was pretty recent because I mean mm-hmm. just within a two-year time span you, you know, moved to the United States. And I think that's a pretty significant, um, you know, feat to achieve. So I, you know, definitely want to say congrats to you on that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And um, I'm really curious because you talked a little bit about about scholarships and like, you know, the possibility of being like an athlete on a scholarship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that you were talking about just like the whole agency process and just how, Um, You talk to coaches and everything that can definitely be very tough as an international athlete. Um, But I'm wondering, like, because you don't have an official team or a coach that's supporting you and giving those resources for scholarships, how did you find out about scholarships and how does that work for student athletes? Can you just walk us through the process of, like, how scholarships are even offered?
2: Yeah, so with the agency and having all the documents that I, like, mentioned before, you kind of like start scouting and see what like universities could be in your level based on like the average you have. Because there's like in D1, there's like, I don't know the exact number, but like around 250 schools. So you kind of have to see from which like frame of like ranking level you can like access to depends on depending on how you play. So after you do that, like analysis, you see what universities you can like email to. And then after like the email exchange and like phone calls, if they like you, that's when they make you an offer. So that's like the first moment you hear about like, uh, like the scholarship. I feel like everyone like starts this process, like wanting to get a scholarship, because at least compared with Spain, the cost of college is way much more expensive yearly than it is here. Because like a private school here could be like around 10,000 and there is like, 70,000. So it's like a big difference. So everyone starts like this process wanting to get a scholarship. But until they make you an offer, you don't really know how much they're going to give you. It's like the moment they make you an offer, it's the first time you hear about like the scholarship itself. So that's kind of how you like find out. And then after you hear like the amount they can give you, that's when you kind of decide if it's within your budget or if you have to keep looking for like a different one.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And I, I really do um, find it fascinating. Just we've had guests come on here before and talk very similarly actually about just the drive for scholarships, but, you know, highlighting that discrepancy, I think is something that's so important. Just the the cost difference like that, that's definitely really significant. And, you know, that makes the decision to move to the United States all the more impactful, you know, on your life, just because it it is like, you know, scholarships are something that's serious, you have to uphold. And there's a lot of different, like, academic, athletic stipulations, you know, that come with scholarships. So it's definitely an added level of pressure, per se, I would, you know, imagine of just like, you know, coming to this new country and being, and, you know, having to fulfill like certain requirements to, you know, be able to be eligible for scholarships and everything, so um, now let's let's kind of like transition to this, um, you know, kind of experience that you've had in Indiana, and just how you found Indiana, how you, um, like, this particular school, like, what kind of struck your interest or piqued your interest with um, this experience that you were offered?
2: Yeah, so when I was like trying, I did not really have like a preference on like where to go in the United States. I feel like for golf, if you go somewhere where it's like sunny and warm, most of the year it's better because you get to practice outside the whole year, which is something I don't get now. But like once I started the process, I was like, I'm just going to keep my options open. I know it might be better to be somewhere warm, but like I just need to keep all my options open to get more opportunities to go there so I just came up with like Indianas like just like scouting and like sending emails and once I like started talking to coaches um the coach that I that is in my university I really liked him and I had good conversations with him and that gave me like the confidence of like that could be my place and then everything I've like heard and read about the golf team, kind of like sit with my personality and like I thought it would be a good fit for me. And then academics are also a big part for me. They're very important because like, it's very hard to like be like a professional athlete after. So like for me, that's more like a plan B. So academics were really important. And after like researching about the business program in my school, I found out it was like one of the um, better ones in the country with like the Kelly School of Business and all that. So that's that was also a very key and important point for me to decide to go to um, the university that I am at now.
1: Yeah, that's,
0: that's really great to hear. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I guess i kind of just transitioning into my, one of one, 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 my questions. At least, like, from at least from what I watched from like comparing the DP World Tour to the PGA Tour, like the courses in the like Europe and Spain, is very different than like the courses in the US. And also, there are definitely, as you mentioned, there are also other differences between like the golf systems in like in Spain and the US. So, just wondering, like, uh, how was your like transition process, and what do you, what steps did you have to like make to like make that transition?
2: I feel like for me the transition was more of like just like moving abroad and started like on my own in a whole new different country at 18 that just like the golf itself because like all golf courses are different but like in the end the tournaments that I was playing here compared to the tournaments that I played in the U.S. had kind of like the same yardage distance so they were not much longer than the ones i was used to play and like you can find challenging golf courses in both places so it's just kind of like getting adjusted to the dynamic of being like okay i'm here on my own i have to like schedule my practice and organize them on my own like be more independent and then also something that i really noticed weather wise like the us like especially in indiana the weather it's pretty much different than from where I'm used to because I live in Madrid which has like really warm summers but then the winters are not as cold so sometimes I've had to play with literally snow and like rain and like 30 degree weather and that's something that I was not really used to because here in the winter it gets like 40 ish more like 50 so and like it doesn't really snow here so just like going to a tournament like I use tournament I went there in Bloomington and it was literally snowing before we had to tee off and I was like oh wait we're gonna play with this weather and we did so that was like a big change more like weather-wise that you don't have such nice weather the whole year that was like a big difference for me in like transitioning from Spain to the United States
0: yeah yeah Wow, that's that's definitely very interesting. I know just with, you know, playing golf and just being outside all the time, that's that's quite the transition. And um, yes, you know, believe it or not, young people do talk about the weather too. So yeah. your co-hosts and um, our lovely guest here are going to indeed talk about the weather a bit. But I think that is just definitely a factor that um, we haven't really heard about yet. That's something to get used to. Just because climate does take a, you know, pretty good toll on you, especially if you play an outdoor sport. Mm -hmm. And I know for like, for swimming, you know, I definitely have experienced, you know, like kind of a micro scale of, okay, what's it like to swim in Texas as a Minnesotan? It doesn't feel fun because it's really hot or like going Mm -hmm. on, you know, a training trip to, you know, a tropical island and then having to, you know deal with the really strong sun. I mean, I'm definitely someone that can get very somber very quickly. And, like, with swimming, I mean, your energy is zapped pretty quickly in, like, very hot weather just because of, you know, like, you're constantly, um, you know, your heart rate is high and you, you're constantly drinking water. So there's just a lot of different components to, like, maintaining care for yourself. So I'm wondering just how you kind of transitioned, like, aspects of your home life to collegiate life, um, you know, here in the United States, especially with golf, like, were there certain like warmups that you did or like routines and stuff for, um, you know, your practices or drills that like you continued, you know, just to feel like a sense of home.
2: Yeah, so for practices, um, the team practice, the coach usually has kind of like a, like a organized practice time. He's like, okay, we're gonna try to do these drills when hitting balls and then punting and chipping, but you also have some like flexibility to do some drills that might be good for you if you feel like you need to improve in something specifically. So in that part, it's kind of like a mix, mix on what the coach tells you to do and what you feel like you need to improve. So I did do a lot of the drills that I used to do back home there because you you kind of always have the same things that you need to improve. Like it comes to a point Whereas you can improve a lot, but you're always kind of going to have that like little thing that you're always going to try to be better at. And then on tournaments, I always kind of have the same um, routine before a tournament. I usually go hit balls first and it's like stretching and then just go from like lower clubs to up to higher clubs, like a pitching wedge up to a driver. And then I pat and then I just go to the tee like 10 minutes before my tee time. And then just like focus and like be mentally prepared to go out there and do the best you can. But yeah, I kind of just did the same things because like I feel routines are very important. So if you start changing your routines constantly, it gets to a point where it gets messy and you might not even know what you're doing. So I always try to keep the same routines as I did before. Yeah, I think that's special,
0: you know, because, you know, you're going to go through a lot of different changes, you know, maybe trying to just adjust to college life, but then have just a completely different lifestyle, completely different culture that you have to understand and, you know, be a part of and stuff. So I just really commend you for being able to find constants in your life that, you know, like through athletics, you know, to really boost and stimulate that sense of home and sense of, you know, okay, like this is my sport, no matter where I go in the world, no matter, matter where I take it, it's mine. So I think that, you know, it's really important. I think just, especially for the audience, you know, really listen in on this point in this story that um, our lovely guest is sharing with us today, because I think it's really important to take ownership of your sport and know that no matter where you are, it's your, you know, while external factors may change, just find things that you own, whether it's pre-race routine, drills that, you know, Like maybe a parent taught you when you were really young, when you grew up with a sport, or maybe it's, you know, being able to like always talk to that one friend back at home about your, you know, how your match went or how your race went. You know, I, you're um, smiling at me and nodding your head. So I'm sure that you definitely have like those, you know, few people that support
2: you who, who are those people for you? It's mostly my parents. Well, you always kind of talk to your friends because I have a lot of friends there from Spain that are also competing at different universities. So you can always be like, oh, this is how my tournament went. But I mostly talk to my my parents. And Mm -hmm. even though it's like pretty late here when I'm done, it might be like 2, 3 a.m. I'm like texting them like, oh, I did good or I could have done better. And then they just reply when they wake up. Or even sometimes they've like answered my phone calls and I'm like, why are you answering? It's like two in the morning there and they are like, but just wanna hear how your tournament went. And so oh, yeah, I, yeah, they're very good with that. So yeah, I do that a lot. It's like you kind of need to talk to someone about what you've done. And sometimes like talking to your teammates. It's good, but it might not be enough because you know your my parents have always been there throughout my athletic career. So I always feel like I need to like tell them how I did and like share my thoughts and everything that went through my the tournament.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's great to get great to hear you have that support system and just at home also just around you. And kind of just so going back to like the topic of just like sticking to like a routine. Like that's like the old phrase to so say, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it." It's like a lot of people like at least like for uh, for most people like a lot of people say at least for we mentioned is uh, for myself on this podcast quite a bit how I changed my schedule what between high school and college, and I just, uh, just want to make it clear like don't like is that that mean when you change a new environment you have to have a new schedule you have a new set of habits, uh, unless it's like an improvement. Uh, you can definitely try it out uh, you're definitely more than welcome to try it out but if it's something that always works for you um you don't need to change it uh, Like you just a stick with the same routine if it's like you, know, you don't have to like change the whole thing you can change parts of it you can keep parts of it so uh, you always gonna, so just have that sense of continuity is uh, really important too so yeah glad that you brought that up
2: I agree. I feel like even though like schedules can change with like classes and then practices because you might not have the same schedule of like classes throughout the the semesters that you're in college, it's still important to keep like a routine, even though it might be like, oh, I have to practice at four instead of two, but like keep the same routines within your practice time, as well as like studying time and all that. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I would definitely agree. Um, with keeping those constants where things do work for you and things that just feel right. You know, you you definitely want to have those validations at times, especially when you're in a completely different country and you're in a completely different environment. And it's important to self-acknowledge and self-validate. Like, okay, well, I, I know I'm still good at this sport, even if like things are different, even if the training, the practices are different um even if like there might be people on the team that you know present more skills than i do or something like that it's really good to you know kind of keep things in your back pocket it's like okay i know that i'm you know qualified to be on this team or talented enough to be on this team because you know i know my own like worth by just how how i practice how i train how i take care of myself and those constance in your life, you know, how the the ways that you do those things can really also like just boost your sense of like, you know, self-knowledge that you deserve to be there and you belong. So um that's just so important. And something I think that we need to do a better job of like supporting international athletes with is just like really validating like where they come from and just like the background of their athletic experience, because it is very different, you know, like, just because you may not be on a team before, and then you come into a team environment doesn't mean that you can't contribute as a team player. So I definitely think that there's so much, you know, nuance to, like, the experience of an international athlete that we can all really learn from. So I'm, I'm really wondering, just what are, what are ways that you kind of affirm to yourself in performance or like when you know on match day like what do you tell yourself of are there like certain things that you remind yourself of are there you know certain rituals or something that just like remind you yeah I belong here like this is my team and I know who I am
2: I feel like in the beginning my freshman year when I started I used to get pretty nervous in the beginning of my matches because it's like oh I just got here. They just heard from me on like a few calls. Like they don't really know me. I don't know what they're expecting. I feel like I had kind of like this pressure of like, I need to be so good at this because they might be like judging my performance and all that. But now that I'm going to be a junior in the fall, I've kind of like realized through these few past years that like I've been doing this for most of my whole life and like if I'm here it's because they saw something in me that they thought it would be a good fit for their program and that they liked about me so like even though I might not be doing my best in some occasions because like as a sport it's really hard to be in a very high level the whole time you're always gonna have up and downs just like life sport is the same thing there's always gonna be up and downs so if you're in a uh, in like one of those highs, just like remind yourself that you're capable of doing it and that if you're doing that good, it's because you've put in the work to be at that level. But if by any chance you're in one of those downs, just like remember that no matter if you're doing worse that you're expecting to do, you've put in the work and like it's something that you've been doing for a long time in your life and something that you already know how to do. So don't feel the pressure of like, oh, I need to be way better at this because now I'm not doing good. Because it will go back at like being good eventually because, you know, it's up and down. So you go down and then you go back up and just like remind yourself that you know what you're doing and that you're good at this. And like, if you're there, it's because you deserve it and because they saw something good in you. Sure Absolutely,
1: yeah, right. Really like that point that you brought up here, like, just, like, you know, sometimes, especially as like, a new person, whether it's, like, in a sports team or just, like, during a group project was like just uh, when you start, like, a new job, you really want to have a sense of proving yourself, proving to everybody you can do this Um, since, like, they don't really like, know who you are and then you can just want to, you know, set the ground and then set the bar high and then also just uh, set a good example for the rest of the team. Definitely, I think that's, like, a lot of pressure and it's, like, it's really, as you mentioned, really important to just sometimes just remind yourself, okay, yeah, that you are here for a reason, and then also just to be just to be open to, like uh, sometimes it's okay to have some mis- to make some mistakes as long as you like learn from it and you bounce back. So yeah, great. Really, yeah, it's like I think that's definitely my main takeaway from like what we what you yeah what you explained.
0: Good thing. I really I really enjoy the ability for you to be. Um, very honest with yourself and just saying like, yes, you know, I was really nervous and I I did have like you know, a kind of a, a hard time maybe gauging like the level of expectation or, you know, even just trying to like compete as a stranger is something that's so, you know, very overlooked for athletes that are coming in new. Like, I don't know any of these people. I don't know even just like this landscape, this, the city, I don't know my teammates that well yet. I don't know my coaches that well yet. So it really is just, you know, all about trusting the process, trusting yourself, believing in your capabilities. So that's why it's just so incredibly important to have those reminders of home or re- reminders like that, you know, your worth, you know, your value, you know, that you belong on the team. So I think that's really special. And I know that um, earlier in this podcast, you mentioned that, you know, there are people that definitely have the same kind of like aspirations to do what you're doing back at home or, you know, have really talked about like their desire to be a part of this experience in some way. So what kind of advice would you give to athletes back at home in Spain? Um, you're in Spain right now, of course, yes, but I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> But if you, you know, were in college, if you were interviewed and in, let's say, you know, a group of your friends or, you know, family members or something, or watching you on a broadcast, what would you say to them with, you know, talking about this experience and just what, what you take away from it?
2: I would say that if you're in the process or looking for a university or program to go to, just like take it easy, start with time, because if you don't have enough time to do the process it's going to be more stressful than it should be so if I were you I will give myself plenty of time to do all the paperwork and like videos and all stuff it's better to be safe with time than sorry and not have enough time and then if you're in the process of finding your place don't be stressed about it because sometimes good things take time because I remember in my experience, I had a few offers for universities to go to, but I didn't quite feel that they were my place. And I remember like IUPUI was one of the universities that I liked the most. And I was waiting for them to make me like an offer because I really wanted to go there. And it, it it took a little bit to come, but it eventually did. And I remember being nervous and stressed like, oh, will that happen? Will they make me an offer? So just like relax. Good things take time. And if it doesn't, if it, the opportunity does not come, maybe that was not your place. Like it was like a sign that, I don't know, just like don't overstress about things because your place will come eventually. And then if you're going to start college in the fall and you're nervous about what it might it look like, I'll just say like, it's normal to be nervous, especially since you're like 18, 19, whatever age you are, and you're like going to leave your country, your parents, your friends, your family behind, your culture, and you're just going to start somewhere new where you literally don't know anyone. It's hard in the beginning. And if you think you cannot do it, just give it a little time because once you start meeting people and get it adjusted to the routine, it's going to be so much better. Because for me, I remember the first few months of my freshman year, I was like, Ooh! I kind of just wanna go home. Like maybe this is too much. Yeah, but then once I like get, got into the routine of the team and like I made more friends, I got people to hang out with. It's just, it's like a really good experience that I will recommend anyone that is maybe considering it. Cause you get to leave a lot of new experiences that you might not live here. You meet a lot of people from different places with a lot of different backgrounds. The educational system it's much different it's like more practical rather than just like theoretical and studying i just think it's it's going to be good for you no matter what so i will just go ahead and try and like even though being nervous or afraid is normal just take it easy relax and like be confident that the good things are going to come and everything good takes time so just like give it a little moment and then you'll be fine (laughs)
0: Yeah, I see a lot think, of patience in you. Um, you really have a lot of trust in the process. I think that that's just really what comes to me right when you, you know, were talking us through just the advice that you would give to, you know, people back at home or people just around the world considering this experience. I think that you definitely are someone that comes across as like very, you know, in control and like collected you know so I really admire just the way that you've you know had this outlook on you know change and adjusting and you know just giving it a try and you know like you said good things take time you know and and things will work out for you because you know it is quite the experience of a lifetime I'd say so um, you know I think that's just something that should be a Reminder for the audience, too, that like we can learn so much trust and patience. Um, because I know a lot of teammates of mine, and just in general throughout the years, like we're all you know impatient at some point, you know, with the process. But I think that we can really learn from you know people like you that have really just gone through a lot of waiting, a lot of patience, a lot of hoping that things will work out, and you know, just being able to like trust in yourself. So I'm definitely learning from you today. So I really appreciate, you know, you being able to share that, that story. And just like the last thing that I have for you is, you know, where do you see yourself with kind of the impact that you, you know, anticipate to make within these next final two years, you know, the back half of your college experience? How do you maybe want to help incoming international students or like what kind of impact do you want to make on the team
2: we are actually getting a new girl next year that it's also an international student so i'm very excited about that because i just like to know a lot of people from different places but as a junior i'm just like expecting to just like getting better and like improving and giving the best i can for my team like doing it the best i can and just like keep doing the same things I've been doing but a little better so I can like improve and make a bigger impact in my team and just like keep enjoying the experience because it's really unique and just like taking all the time I have and soak it all in and just like enjoy my time there and keep doing better every time and every tournament and and every practice.
1: It's a great goal to have yeah especially um the international perspective how you're willing to, want to like just help more international students um yeah that's that's kind of that kind of our goal on this podcast is just to spread all kinds of awareness international students experiences and stories and we'll try to create like a diverse community here so yeah it's really glad like you're willing to, yeah already open to doing that so yeah as, and also said as one of your goals so like yeah that's like yeah just really glad to hear
0: yeah, really, really appreciative of your story. And I think that, you know, what I learned and what most um, audience members could really take away because it was just so pervasive and, um, or pertinent rather, in your conversation is just how, you know, being in control is like one of the best things that you can do, you know, control as we say this all the time on the podcast but like control the controllables you know it's really important Mm -hmm. to you know just take and take um a a certain type of collectiveness it takes a certain type of collectedness in someone to feel like they can really you know be the best given circumstances you know like i mean it can definitely really get you down the process is challenging but um yeah, this is definitely like a very hopeful story for a lot of athletes that might be going through tough times with just maybe not getting a certain university over in the US or, you know, really considering like, is this for me? I think that your story will definitely inspire them. So thank you for being with us today.
2: Thank you much for having me. It was good. I liked it.
0: Of course. Thank you. And um, if you'd like to hear more about these um, International student athletes and their experiences. Please check out past podcast episodes. If you want to hear about a certain topic or you want to be a guest, you can always email us at fundamentalpodcast.gmail.com at or go on to our Instagram, fundamental podcast, and send us a DM. Um, we are more than happy to discuss with you any all inquiries of how you can um, share your story in the podcast. So. Um, if you liked um, Nerea's um, story and you want to hear more about her, um, you know, please just check out our podcast, share this podcast with your friends and your family um, because I think a lot of people are going to be inspired today by your story. So again, muchas gracias.
2: Gracias.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that pretty much what we have for you today. And we look forward to the next time that we can um, share with you all a wonderful student athlete and their story. So um, this was the Fundamental Podcast. Your co-host, Chloe.
1: And this is your co-host, Chang.
0: All right.